Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Decomposition. My name is Bernal. And I'm Anjali. And this is a show where we talk about music, we break down themes, we talk about composition, and most importantly, we discuss why we love the songs that we love. But uh, today, we have a continuation in our series about the Eras Tour. What are we doing today, Anjali? Today, we're going to go through the set list for the Eras Tour that we experienced. Um, so, spoilers, if you were worried about spoilers, this one is going to be full of them. And uh, we're probably going to talk about the songs, not like as in-depth as we do per episode. Uh, that would take forever. Yeah. We would never get to other music. If we did all 45 songs, I think that's two years of content for us. And we're a Taylor Swift podcast officially at that point. Yeah, we're a decomposition Taylor's version. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Count me in. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so... We could do this whole thing where I explain to you, like, the things I like about each song. We talk about how they did it live and everything. Or we could just sing for, like, three and a half hours each one of these songs because I was going through them and I was like, I just want to sing them. I think maybe for our listeners, we should leave the singing to Miss Swift. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we can discuss why we like it, and give our artistic interpretation of Taylor's art. Okay. I'll, I'll settle for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so like you said, we're focusing on the set list. Um, can I say something right, right off the top about set list? Go ahead. Um, I don't know if this has been discussed, but if it has, it hasn't been discussed enough, in my opinion. Even the whole concept of an era's tour I thought was just fantastic. The fact that you go to a concert and the performance is organized by album. Mm-hmm. Like, um, usually when you go to a show, they just mix everything together and they create the playlist or the, the set list that they think will vibe the most or will promote whatever release the most, right? But this concept of having different eras and then organizing the set list this way, I thought was also really fun. Because then, you know, um, it brings you back to the memories or the nostalgia of when you first heard each of these albums because you're spent some time um, versus where like at a regular concert, that time lasts for like one song, right? Versus here, it's several. There's like little mini sets within the set. Mm -hmm. So just wanted to say that off top before we go into each song that this is a really unique part of going to this show. Yeah, Uh, that's definitely uh, a unique Thing that she's doing here. I think the other part of it that's blowing my mind um, is that when she was doing this, and I was considering, okay, well, she's also re-releasing her music. If you don't know about this, um, here's just some like real quick context for you. She doesn't. She at some point did not own all her own music, and she so therefore she was not profiting off of her old work, even though she created it and she wanted obviously to profit off of it, which Mm -hmm. I think is fair. Um, And then at, I think it's like the contract is like 10 years or something, 10 years after the release of a song, you can re-release it and then own it. That's what she did. She just played that game of like, all right, I've got a little legal loophole here and I'm going to re-release all my music and exactly as the originals were. And then her fan base was like, okay, well, we're going to only listen to the Taylor's version of it. And then she gets all the profit, right? Yay. So when I was like hearing about the Eras tour happening, I was like, okay, then she has to like, 
Like if she if she plays the music, I was trying to like understand it from an IP stand from a copyright, like all those like mm-hmm. legal things, because yeah. I was in a class and it just had to do with it at the time. We are but not like, lawyers, disclaimer. Yeah, we're not lawyers. <laughs> but I was taking a class, so I'm basically an expert. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so essentially, what it the what I'm understanding is that she uh if she plays the music at a concert live mm-hmm. it counts as like uh something that would like the money from that like she would owe money on that if it was not her version that she was oh, playing so she would have to pay to use the song in concert correct like yeah. royalties yes on her own music which is fucked i'll be honest yeah. uh, <laughs> anyway and then like for her, like, at the time when she started the Eras tour, she had only, like, re-released the Red album and Fearless. Yeah. Out of ten albums. To, oh, wait. She she has ten albums out. She didn't own... Speak Now. Lover. Oh, no, wait. She owns Lover. Speak Now. Fearless. Red. Debut. Reputation. So six, six of them. And if I got that wrong, I'm sorry. (laughs) But so she didn't own six of them. uh, And then she was re-releasing. She had gotten through two re-releases by the time the Eras Tour started. Yeah. Okay. So that means there's four left. And I was like, how is she going to do this? Because ideally she'd want to re-release before the Eras tour even starts so that she owns the music, so that she's not paying royalties on it. Yeah, you're under the assumption that she wasn't okay with paying royalties until the re-release came out. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Now, I was like, okay, so then she's probably going to re-release everything before the tour starts. Yeah. Because then she can own all the music the whole time. And now I'm realizing that that would have been so fucking dumb. She's so much better of a businesswoman because instead... She's hyping up each one of her releases, re-releases that, that are left as she goes through the Eras tour. And what we didn't know was that it was going to be a multi-year tour. Yeah. Because she started in March. And we were like, wow, March to August. Like, that's a lot. Like, stupid us. Yeah, that was We only, thought that was a that lot. That was only North America. <laughs> yeah. And then she was like, psych, I'm going to go around the world all, like, through Before the next Before she even did that, like, major cities in North America, she's like, here's double the amount of shows. Remember, there was two waves of releases for North America. Well, yeah. So, yeah, yeah but it was still at least going to be March to August. So even yeah, if it's yeah. a, even if it's like a, a crowded schedule, it's mm-hmm. still it's it is a lot. But yeah. then it's at least done by August. But no, she made it into a multi-year thing, and then it's like okay, so now she has months in between these re-releases. Yeah. And she, each time she's doing this tour, she's building hype for every single album as she's doing it, and by the end of it. That's my prediction, is that she's going to own all of her own music. So yeah. she does this world tour to get her music back. Like, it's so poetic. Yeah. It's so well done. I'm so in love mm-hmm. <laughs> with the thought process behind this. Um, but yeah, yeah, as a concept, this whole Eras tour is blowing my mind. Yeah. The, yeah. That concept is incredible. Yeah. Sorry, that's my little rant on the... My predictions for the releases. Yeah, I mean, she just recently uh, dropped the date for 1989 Taylor's version. Yeah. And she has been hinting at reputation as well. Uh, Through little snippets in her music videos. Uh, Like in the Karma music video, it cuts from 1989 looking vibes to reputation looking vibes. So then it's like, okay, so she's like 
got us on the docket for that. She's been yeah, hinting yeah. at it a few ways. Yeah. And then um, she hasn't said anything about her debut album, though. So we'll see where that one comes in. I yeah. have a few predictions on that, but that's okay. That's for another time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's get into it then. Yeah. So we're going to go not by... Or we're going to go by the set list. So it's going to go like uh, eras as she had him in the set list. Yeah. Um, now, what I'd like to start out with is Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. In our last episode, we mentioned that, um, you know, she's got like those billowy petals of like fabric yeah. coming and, uh, out. Sorry, just for context, this is from Lover. So this is the Lover era. Oh, yeah. Lover era. Um, so, yeah. So it, it the and then the words, it's a long time coming. Yeah. are in this song. And what I thought was interesting was if you look at the whole song for Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince, the line, it's a long, it's been a long time coming, it only happens once. It's not repeated ever again in the song. Mm-hmm. It only happens once, which I think is fun because, like, you kind of forget that because you're just like, oh, she must use it a lot in the song, and that's why. Yeah, isn't it? Is it not in the chorus? See, like you, you even me, just off the top of my head. I'm like, no way, that's like, true. Wait, she uses it multiple times, right? No, she doesn't. She oh. only uses it once, and she says, like, it's like the um, it's her pre-chorus line. Yeah. So she goes, "It's been a long time coming, but it's you and me. That's my whole world, and yeah. that's the chorus." And then the next time she brings it in, she says, "And now the storm is coming, but it's you and oh, me. Okay. That's my whole world." Yeah. yeah. So that's like. Um, just a pre-chorus line. It's just a small snippet, but she like really highlights it in the um, intro music. Yeah, that line just repeats. Yeah, so it's that ethereal music. It mm-hmm. repeats a few times, and in between it repeating, she's saying uh, she's or she's playing the clips from each one of her albums, uh, from each one of her eras, and it's wherever she used that era's like name in music. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, for fearless, she doesn't just say the word fearless. She uses that line, it's fearless, like from the yes. song fearless. Yeah. And then she uses big reputation from reputation. Yeah. Uh, and again, you're hearing in the background on repeat, it's been a long time coming, you know. Yeah. And then you're hearing her say, oh, uh, the next one is, and they said speak now, ow. And then yeah. it's into folklore which is the line from folklore. Um, and then she never uses the word 1989. In 1989, yeah. Yeah, so she uses the intro words from her world tour for 1989, where she mm. says, I'm Taylor, and I was born in 1989. You know, she shouts yeah. that. And then uh, Evermore, and then she says, loving him was red. Yeah. And then she uses the red, red, that yeah. one. And then she uses meet me at midnight. Mm-hmm. And... Lover, like from the song. Yeah, yeah. And then nice, which is just a line from Midnight's again. Yeah. She just says nice. And then she says, lover again. And it starts. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. I know that was like a really weird, disjointed way of describing it. But um, the audio is around on TikTok, on YouTube. So go find it. It's a really cool intro. It's such an epic Mm -hmm. way to start. uh, When I heard this, I thought that she would include all of these songs in her show. She ended up not including a lot of them, but um, at least they were referenced here. So, um, like, this, every song that it's from, like, she didn't play Red, uh, the whole song, or um, yeah, she didn't play uh, Endgame, which has the big reputation line. Yeah. So, it would have been cool, but uh, I guess 
she picked great songs anyway. But yeah, maybe she had highlighted those in her past concerts. That's True. what I'm wondering. Yeah. Like I wasn't, I haven't watched all her old concerts, honestly. Mm-hmm. But like maybe if she has kind of overplayed it, she was like, let's highlight some others. Yeah, and I mean they've been around for a long time, right? Yeah. Like the new albums for this tour are Lover, Folklore, Evermore, and Midnight's. Yeah. Right. So those four are very heavily highlighted in the set list. Yeah. So that's just like how she launches into the rest of the song for Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. Yeah. And so then it's important to note that she goes, like, it goes from the faded, it's been a long time coming, mm-hmm. to like actually like singing it. It's been a long time coming, but, and then it's you and me, that's my whole world. They whisper in the hallway, she's a bad, bad girl, yeah. which is like, I think I talked about it last time, <laughs> but it is my favorite line. Like, it's just like about rumors yeah. and like that's her whole life right and uh just calling it out in the beginning and just saying like it just starting with a song that's like about rumors and not caring about them mm-hmm. and i do love it yeah and i think um visually also it's been a long time coming and then she steps out or is revealed mm-hmm. right so um this the volume of sound suddenly shoots up both from the music and the crowd oh, right yeah. at that line. So, um, people scream. Yeah. I mentioned this last time, but the, uh, the suspense and tension was immaculately done. Right. Um, from there she goes into, uh, cruel summer, mm-hmm. which was the song that I feel like the lover album never really got in full force. Right. Uh, the lover tour was cut short because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and this song kind of took off later, like pre this tour, but it became a single later on. And I think starting with this song after just singing about, it's been a long time coming. That's also true for this song. Yes. So I think, um, if you consider Miss Americana as just like a little intro thing, she didn't do the whole song. Right. Cruel Summer is the first full song she does. And I think that was a great choice for a quote unquote opener of a song. Yeah. Um, I know she always wanted it to be a single, and now it is a single. Yeah, and plus the tours in the summer. Sing the summer song first. (laughs) It kind of, yeah, that does really work well. And then um, also, like, the bridge is just so iconic that what I love is that when she's performing it, she tells everyone, let's cross this bridge together. Yeah. And then she, she, because she knows about our architect jokes. The whole theme (laughs) of... um, Or civil engineer jokes. Yeah. The whole theme of the lover era Mm -hmm. is, I think, getting the crowd on her side. A lot of these songs are about unity and about being together. And they're much, they're happy songs generally. So um, I think she intentionally picked songs that brought the crowd into it right from the get-go and made everybody feel like they're in for this experience and that um, this concert is going to be like a good memory that we're all going to have together. It's going to be shared. And that's like what I said last time contributes to that feeling of intimacy that you have, even though if it's a big stadium, Mm -hmm. she brought everybody into it right away. And I think this theme will come back when we get to the last song in the lover era. But, um, yeah, like cool summer, Miss Americana, uh, she goes into the man next, uh, you need to calm down is in here. Like these are all songs that I think promote togetherness right and unity on that note the way that she ends it 
she like ends on it's a cruel summer with you and she yes. keeps saying with you yeah. and like pointing to us and she really like does that yeah like, points to times. little different sections of the crowd with, with you, you with and you, you and, and you, you. <laughs> and you're just like oh my god she pointed at me yeah <laughs> so, um you're right like it's it's about the unity of like uh what everyone's feeling in that moment mm-hmm. yeah um yeah, and then she goes into The Man, which is an incredible song about, God, just everything that we yeah. hate about the patriarchy. Um, like, what would I be if I was a man? I would be yeah, the man. The feeling that she could have gotten where she's going a lot faster if she was if a man. She was a man. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's not fucking relatable. <laughs> yeah, to think we could have had Eros to her five years ago. What do you mean? I'm just, if she got there faster, it would have been. No, I, I think it's more like, uh, as far as like notoriety and like everything, like she wouldn't have been slowed and hampered by the bullshit way that people love to hate her. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, everything that happened with pre-reputation album and all of that stuff, like she's the biggest pop star in the world right now. Undeniably. She's the biggest musician in the world right now, undeniably. Mm-hmm. She could have been this maybe in 17 yeah. Right. Yeah. And the way people picked on her and like tried to fuck with her and like make fun of her dating, etc., um, which they wouldn't do to a man. Uh, or like we've talked about like a million times. Like everyone's like, oh, she only talks about her relationships. Like this is what most artists talk what about. The fuck is Ed Sheeran talking about? Pick any artist. <laughs> like every one of them is talking about, and that's not all she talks about. You're like very reductive if you think that. Um, but yeah, it's like it, if she was a guy, no one would be like pointing on that they'd be like oh it's so cute he's like a little lover boy you know yeah that shit like is there that much difference between bieber and taylor swift in terms of yeah, she uh, works harder i don't know bieber <laughs> but, but like Sorry, are we talking ahead. about like these are both mega pop stars yeah who got famous super young one uh got a lot of hate bieber took off way faster yeah like bieber hasn't put out as much music but he's kind of that's on him faded on the background these days but yeah Yeah. and um i think what another thing that this song does so like yeah okay whatever the patriarchy it's pretty fucked up Mm -hmm. um (laughs) we get it uh but like the other part of it that i really like is the um the action and the uh acting behind it like, she did release a music video for this, and in it, like, I feel like she picks out those things we really fucking hate that we can never put to words. Like, okay, let me let me just, like, back up a second. Like, you know in, like, Barbie, when we were watching Barbie? Mm-hmm. Um, quick, quick, small spoiler for Barbie. And she uses the line, um, like, when people, when those men are staring at her and she's, like, understanding it for the first time, she's like, oh, there's an undertone of violence. Oh, yes. Yeah. When they first show up in Santa Monica. Yeah. Yeah. And like that ruined my life because it put into words the thing I cannot put my finger on, like that, like of why, why it sucks to be a woman. Yeah. And I just was like, oh God, like that one, (laughs) that that was a, I mean, I'm going to think about this. (laughs) There's a lot a of moments like that in the movie. Yeah, just go watch Barbie. It's incredible. But, like, I just was like, oh, my God, that hurt. And and it's, it's like, a good kind of, like, okay, like, there's words for this, and it gives you that language, mm-hmm. right? And um, with, with Taylor Swift, 
she she is Barbie first of all, and also she uh, she gets she manages to pick out those things that we really fucking hate. So in the in the video, mm-hmm. she's manspreading on a train. Yeah. And like making everyone around her uncomfortable. So she's 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 a guy. She's, she's dressed up as a dressed man. Dressed up as a guy. A spoiler and... alert for the video. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out at the end that she is the guy. Yeah. They just put makeup on her. But like in it, like she's she's being this like kind of rude guy. Yeah. Who's just being a guy, honestly. This is not even a rude guy by society standards. He's just being a guy. It's and it's awful. And he's just like man spreading on a train, not even thinking about the people next to him and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, like She's really picking out those little moments that we don't like. And then another one that she does, and she does it in the performance on stage, she does that, um, you know how men grab their crotch? Mm-hmm. And it's just such a disgusting, vile thing that y'all do. And I'm just like, oh, I don't, I don't, and we never like say anything about it, but like it's so normalized and it really, if you think about it, shouldn't be. And she does it on stage. She just like goes and she does the little like crotch grab thing that like guys mm-hmm. do. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like she points out like the things like, yeah, that's cool for a guy to do. Yeah. But I can't go around grabbing my crotch. Like otherwise people would be like, hey, that's a little weird. Yeah. Maybe stop, you know? And then men are just doing it. Like, come on, guys, <laughs> relax on that. Um, but yeah, it's it's very interesting that like she uses those physical things and like brings them to life on stage. Yeah, and uh, really adds to the song itself. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah, I liked how um, the one I didn't notice all of these moments, um, but the one I noticed was she put on a suit for this one, and that was the immediate the, like blazer thing. Yeah, so it was an immediate yeah. callback to the music video for me. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it really ties together, like, all of her media, right? Mm -hmm. Like, she expects, like I said on the last episode, she expects everyone to have done her homework before they show up to this concert, you know? I wouldn't say she expects it. I think that there's there's little fun things in there if you have. Yeah, there's Easter eggs for you. Yeah, yeah. Like, the only reason I've seen that music video is because you watched it, and I watched it with you, right? Like, it would make perfect sense to you if you went and just watched it. Yeah, yes. Right. Yeah, it's not like Marvel where they're like, oh, it's just an Easter egg from the from the comics, but it's like actually like a million plot holes that like make the movie not make sense. But like for her, like it, you, it makes sense even if you haven't seen it. You're watching it. Marvel wrong. You're supposed to... Let's not get into Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> That's a different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we can start a podcast on that. Yeah, we can start a new show, Marvel. <laughs> it's a very angry one. Yeah. It's a lot more shouting. Um, <laughs> People are like, are they, do they even like each other? Yeah. <laughs> but like, what I was saying is like, like you're saying there's these moments in Taylor's show where if you've done your homework, they're there for you, right? Yeah. And I think the, like she's done so many outfit changes, she didn't need to add on putting on a blazer just for this song. But yeah. she does, you know? Yeah. A quick so. note on the outfit changes, there's sometimes so fast and subtle that like it takes me like one or two songs until i'm like wait she wasn't wearing that yeah <laughs> like two two minutes Hold on ago a second. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just like what she did she just change did i forget something but yeah it's yeah. just like so natural and flawless that you don't notice that she's already done something yeah it's like built into the dancer choreography yeah yeah um a great line from this song i think i was saying oh i think i just liked uh where she says, if I was out flashing my dollars, I'd be a bitch, not a baller. 
they paint me out to be bad. So it's okay that I'm mad. Mm-hmm. I just love the line, it's okay that I'm mad. Yeah. Because it is okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So that's a great song. I would say check it out. Um, and, yeah. yeah. Next song that she went into was You Need to Calm Down. This was the... LGBTQ portion of the night. Yeah. That the whole, shout out. Yeah. The bracelet Anjali's wearing there. The whole crowd lit up in rainbow. It was so beautiful. Yeah. I loved it. Mm-hmm. it like she needed to perform that song. Like, like I know yeah. it's, it was actually a single for Lover. Was it a single? Yes. It had a video and everything. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and it was like a really, really good song. So it's, I think what's really fun is that like, when she does this one live, she does a lot. There's a lot more drums. Yes. And then there's a lot more like synth holds. Mm-hmm. Like, so it'll be like she sings like a, a, a part. Like, she'll be like, like the line is damn, it's 7 a.m. Yeah. So she'll be like, damn. And then like pause and like a synth like holds the chord. And yeah. then like the, the bracelets all light up. And like yeah. the whole arena, if you've seen videos of this, it's incredible. Like, goes into like different sections like rainbow colors yeah, yeah it's really beautiful and like everything like sparkles it's just like insane yeah. the visuals top notch for this song yeah and then it'll go back to black yeah and then it'll go back to her like doing the thing and like you know again pause boom, yeah. color. and then even her stage which has lights underneath that whole thing was also rainbow yeah like this is where you see like the full scale of the production i think oh, yeah. really shines in this song it's really incredible um mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just I loved how she added the drums and everything, and the the music changes just enough to be like crazy impressive in an arena. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this I think that's all I had for my notes on this one. Uh, just the, yeah. the drums and everything. Um, then it was Lover. Yeah, the waltz. Yes, it was our wedding song. So mm-hmm. lame. Yeah, but it was fun. Um, I think she did this one acoustic, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of acoustic. Like, there's still, like, drums, but she's yeah, mainly she's on Yeah, she's playing the guitar. guitar. There's no dancers. And, oh, there, there are, are dancers. dancers. They are for this one. Sorry. They did such a beautiful waltz. Yes, yeah. Much better than I could do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Proven better yeah. than we can do. <laughs> it's actual facts, because yeah. we tried and we didn't do that great. <laughs> but, you know, uh, it's the thought that counts, I, I guess. couldn't do the spins without getting dizzy. Yeah, it's so dizzy. It was like we need less spins, and I'm here like I bought the spinniest skirt I you possibly could. You can spin. just so we could just spin <laughs> a lot. A lot of the time, though, spins mm-hmm. involve both of us spinning, no, so we, we had to limit some of them. Just rip it like a Beyblade. <laughs> <laughs> just that's what you're, yeah. you're about your wife. You're gonna say that? <laughs> just rip it like a Beyblade. Yeah. Let's get on with the song, okay? <laughs> um. This one, uh, this one, I, I kind of hate how people talk about it because people are like, oh, <laughs> she's disassociating while she's singing this song. Oh, really? Blah, blah, blah. Just because maybe one night she looked bored while she was singing it. First of all, I think she brought her all to every song that we heard. Yeah. Also, have you considered she's fucking tired? <laughs> it's been going on since March. It's a three and a half hour show. Have you considered... She needs a little mental break, guys. Like, and sometimes it happens during a song that you can play really easily and maybe that you don't have to dance around for. Maybe this your city that she's in is just a boring city. Yeah, maybe you're the problem. <laughs> People can get mad. At yeah. 
<laughs> People could get mad. That's okay. Um, yeah. Well, you're not LA, so <laughs> we sound like such yeah. California. Are you fucks. LA? Are you LA? I get it then. Yeah, I know New York's boring. Okay, <laughs> I'd be asleep standing up too. If I was in, what was it, Cincinnati? I don't remember where she went. You're just roasting Cincinnati. <laughs> any, any city, I don't even remember if she went to Cincinnati, but uh, whatever. That's This is what's going to cancel us. This is how we get canceled. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyway, like, just, like, relax on the whole, um, she's, she's disassociating because it's a song about Joe. Do you know lot. how many fucking songs are about Joe? She didn't yeah. hate all of them. Don't be a dick. She's she's doing her best for you. <laughs> she spent a lot of effort to make sure she owned these songs. She can play whatever song she wants. She can play it, and she can play it at any energy level, and I will respect it because, mm-hmm. you know, girls tire, girls working hard. Yeah. You got to respect it. It's also the first um, slower <sighs> song, right? Like, she just did, like, four bangers in a row. Four bangers, all with, like, dancing and stuff yeah. and shouting. This is the first time she gets to stand still and And perform. sing for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I would check out mentally, too, at this point, if I was, you know, running yeah. on a little bit of fumes. There's a whole nine other eras to go. <laughs> yeah, just let her, let her right. pace herself. Anyway, uh, it's a great song. Uh, I like it because uh, the bridge on this one is really nice. It's, uh, ladies and gentlemen, will you please stand? With every guitar string scar on my hand, yeah. I take this magnetic force of a man to be my lover. Mm-hmm. And it's just like turning all those. I think she mentioned in an interview that like she's just turning all those f- typical phrases on their head. Yes. Of like, um, uh, with every guitar string scar on my hand, uh, like I take this man, um, but like mm-hmm. to be my lover, not to be my lawfully wedded husband. Nonsense. Yeah, it's it's a play I'm on to be my lover. So the play on wedding vows, right? Yeah, it's a yeah. play on wedding vows, and mm-hmm. it's very very cute. Yeah, I like it a lot. And like things like, my heart's been borrowed and yours has been blue, like the something borrowed, something blue line. Mm-hmm. Um, all's well that ends well to end up with you. Swear to be over dramatic and true to my lover. I love that line a lot. Yeah. I'm going to be over dramatic to you. Like, yeah, that's who you're comfortable with. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's a great song. Uh-huh. And from there, she goes into The Archer. I think Archer was a great song to end. This is the end of the lover era is Archer. Mm-hmm. I think this is a great song to end on because um, just from the the lines of the chorus mm-hmm. of um, who could ever leave me, darling, who could stay? Yes. And it's basically she begging the crowd to say, oh, we'll stay, right? It's, right? You get that implication. And then right at the end of the song, I think it's she changed, the line changes to you should stay or you could stay. You so, could stay. You yeah. could stay. And right? she, she's talking to us. And she's talking to the crowd. Yeah. And to end an era that I just talked about that was all about getting people in, invested and intimate, mm-hmm. ending on that line in this song, I think, was a great idea and really ties it together to get you ready for the rest of the set, right? Like I talked about Cruel Summer being an opener for this concert, but the Lover era is an opener for the whole show, it feels mm-hmm. like. And this is like the end of the opener. There's like three different layers to how the set list was built. Yeah. And like, yeah. So I'm just saying just because of that line and when you when she finishes this era, you are primed and ready for the rest of this concert. Yeah. I think it it um, brings the song "The Archer" is a little bit about anxiety 
And so that's why the uh, song just builds and it never breaks. Mm-hmm. There's no like um, conclusion the way that you have in the rest of her songs where, oh, bridge, and then we'll like go, like we'll break into a chorus, we'll have a bridge, we'll go into another chorus and fade yeah. out. Yeah. She doesn't do that with the song. This song is kind of more about like um, building tension, building tension with like slow building music. And um, I think it's nice because it kind of like that's what you. This is what you're saying, like that it primes for the next part. Yeah. Because it it starts at a little bit lower energy, so you kind of come off of the hype of like you need to come down and and love her, mm-hmm. and then it like it can like get you to like a middle tension for like the next part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and like what you're saying about building the the drum beat, I think does the heavy lifting in that. There's this just constant, almost like heartbeat bass drum going. And it starts very, very quiet and just Mm -hmm. keeps getting louder and louder through the song. But at the end, it's very prominent in the last chorus. Okay. So, um... I don't think I noticed that, but yeah. Yeah. So that, that beating drum, that heartbeat, you are in sync with the rest of the crowd, I should say, by the end of that song. Right. She's also very funny about, like, the first, I think the first time she says... Who could ever leave me, darling? Who could stay? She just kind of, she makes like kind of like a ooh kind of face yeah. to the crowd. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we didn't all just pay exorbitant amounts of money to be here. No, and no, time. no, no. She she means that like because of the breakup. Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> that's a breakup thing. <laughs> that's why she started doing oh, it. Oh, I thought it was so like a play on like oh who me, could darling? stay? But I'm standing in and a stadium. She's like, who could ever leave me? Like, she's like, obviously someone could, yeah. <laughs> but who could stay? Oh, yeah. I didn't get that. I thought it was a, I thought it was like a play on the crowd, like a, oh, who could ever leave me? Or like, who could stay? But there she's standing in a crowd of thousands. <laughs> like, yeah, no, she yeah. she does it after the who could ever leave me, darling. Oh, okay. So it's the leaving part that yeah. she's kind of being funny oh. about. Rip, ripperoni. <laughs> Yikes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, anyway, so I, yeah, I love how she points to the crowd when she says, you could stay. Yeah. And like, yeah, that's really cute. Um, and then she fades out into now the fearless era. So this mm-hmm. is where we get our first eras, like era change. Yeah. Um, and for this one, I remember like the, like yellow becomes a very prominent color on the stage. Mm-hmm. Um and there's like a guitar, like in the LEDs of the stage. Oh yeah, oh, it's I, like she's performing on a guitar. Yeah, yeah. What I want to say about this one that I thought was so much fun was my friends. And I, we were like saying how like the it's funny that we're like up so far mm-hmm. in the in the like 500 section or yeah. whatever. And the whole time we were being real funny about like, see, these are better seats than the floor seats. (laughs) And you know what? I feel sorry for the people in the floor seats right now because they they can't see the stage. They don't know what's going on on the stage because the stage is like lighting up with like the LEDs. Like it's its own screen, right? Yeah. And so they're probably confused right now. They don't know what's happening on the (laughs) stage. And it was so funny to be like that annoying about it. (laughs) We're like, how could they even understand what was going on? See, we got a good, we got a bird's eye view. They don't know about the guitar. They can't see it. And then like when the snake was on there for reputation, um, we were just like, they're just like cheering, but they don't know what we're cheering about. They don't know we're cheering for a snake. Yeah. (laughs) It was really dumb. That was um, a lot, a, a huge source of joy. But yeah, mm-hmm. we definitely started when the guitar came up. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. In terms of uh, yeah. in terms of set list or era choice, I think going to Fearless next was great because um, I think a lot of people our age, I think this is the first time they can remember 
Taylor Swift. Um, at least for me, I can like she had, this is technically her second album. She had the debut album. Um, but songs like, uh, you belong with me are the first time song I can remember of like, well, okay, what's the first Taylor Swift song you ever heard would probably be you belong with me. This is the first, um, album she won Grammys for. So going like all the way, this is also, it's also the oldest era in the tour. So going all the way back, I think kind of creates this, um, nostalgic sense and gets the crowd really hyped and into it. Like you belong with me was, I think after the opening, the next time I remember the crowd really getting loud. So, um, in terms of set list choice, I think this was great to go from lover about getting everybody in to let's start at the beginning or the oldest that she's going, at least in this tour. So, um, creating that bridge, I would say between the new stuff and the old stuff. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with all that. The moves as well are very nostalgic in this uh, era because she, like with Fearless, she starts, um, first of all, it's a, it's a title song for the album, right? And then she like does like the step spin as she's playing her guitar, which mm-hmm. is like a very like iconic move from her tour yeah. uh, when she toured for this. Um, I gather because I don't know. Uh, I've seen a lot of videos of it, but I wasn't there. And then um, she does the little heart hands as well, which is very uh, nostalgic as well. Yeah. Um, and the um, I think her outfit, too, was reminiscent of some of the older ones she wore on those tours and, like, the Grammy performances and stuff. Yeah, Yeah, it was, like, this lovely, like, gold-tasseled situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it made everybody think of that dress. Um, yeah, and then from... This song, like, also, I don't have the same nostalgic feeling for okay. Fearless that a lot of people do because I, I like had like a little amnesia of Taylor Swift after her debut album, so I was mm-hmm. really there for the debut album. Yeah, and then um, Fearless like is just a black hole void for me. <laughs> I don't remember when that came out. I don't remember like I know these songs. Like I know like You Belong with Me. Yeah. like to like to my core, but like I don't like remember it coming out or caring about the other songs on the album. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then like, I think was it speak now and red were like, I think even, I think red was really where it came, started coming back for me. Yeah. And then like by 1989, I was like a huge fan again. Mm-hmm. And then like, because I really liked her work in 1989. And then, and then after that, I've loved every single era, but then yeah, coming back to it, Fearless never gave me the nostalgia. Okay. But then when You Belong With Me started, I was like, oh my God, this song. Like, it's so catchy. I cannot handle how catchy you it is. You cannot not sing along. You can't. It's such a dumb song. <laughs> like, if you go for meaning or whatever, like, if, if that's your thing. If we did a thing, normal episode on that song. It, I wouldn't do an episode yeah. on that song. Because <laughs> it's such an annoying song overall. But, like, when it's being played, you sing. Yeah. You don't have a choice. <laughs> and when she holds out that, you belong with me, everybody yeah. in the crowd does that. Yeah, exactly. And they feel that. The other, so we mentioned Fearless Moon, she you belong with me. The other song she does from this era is Love Story, which, again, if you don't remember you belong with me, you remember Love Story. <laughs> um, yeah. So, well, no, I do love, I do love Love Story. Like, this is yeah. a really good song. Mm-hmm. I do remember this one. Yeah. But I'm saying, like... Out of the three songs she picked from this era, the nostalgia has to hit at least one of them for every oh, person. I see. Oh, you're saying like if I didn't remember the other one, yeah, then you, you would, would rem- remember. You love would story. remember Love Story. Yeah. The other thing I think for this era is the first time um, some of her band members come out on stage. 
the guitarists and their because there's some solos, especially in Love Story. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. I love seeing uh, like bands and musicians. So well, they were yeah. up there for Fearless too. Yeah. So yeah. this era. Yeah. Um, but I think I remember Love Story. I think has a guitar solo in it or like a breakdown or something. Guitar is very prominent in that song. Yeah. So um, that was that first time that it registered for me as well. The um, uh, hearing that guitar more clearly because it comes through more clearly in a live show than it does on the recording. So right. little side note for me there. Yeah. I think throughout this whole era, it's like that get yellow guitar on the stage and um, like fun lights and stuff. And at the end, like it really... Um, it really goes crazy with the lights, but like, mm. like she, so I'm going to call these things. I don't know if they're like, what do you call those lights that like people use to like signal that there's like a thing going on? Like a on? spotlight or like a no, searchlight? Like the, the ones that like, that like go up to the clouds though. Yeah. Those. Yeah. They're not like regular up lights. Yeah. Whatever. It's like the, you know, if you have a bed, bath and beyond near you, they used to do this. <laughs> Yeah. I just remember like certain malls or something would have yeah. that. Like yeah. that's like a childhood memory and you're just like, is that aliens mom? It's like, no, it's Bed Bath and Beyond. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My to local you. Bed Bath and Beyond used to do this. <laughs> they had the slurge lights. Wild. Mm-hmm. Where did you live anyway? So. <laughs> In the beyond, apparently. In the beyond. <laughs> so uh anyway, she has a bunch of these uh up lights, searchlights, whatever, mm-hmm. um, all around the stage. And then they just go all sparkly crazy and like all over different directions when this ends. And like, it's like a, kind of like a seizure warning, just heads up. <laughs> like It's just like, whoa, there's a lot of shiny lights here. Yeah. But it's just a fun and epic way to end the era. Yeah. yeah. And this one's quick. Only three songs in this era. Yeah, pretty quick, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she goes into her Evermore phase. With no body, no crime, and Heim. Yes, and and mm-hmm. she uh, replaced, unfortunately, the song "Tis the Damn Season" with um, "No Body, No Crime" because Heim was there. Yeah, so this was for our show. So depending on who your openers are, you either get "No Body, No Crime" or um, "Tis the Damn Season." Yeah, and um, I'm kind of sad about that. Like, I'm I'm not I'm not a song snob. Like, we got the songs we got, and I'm very happy that we got performed for it all. Mm-hmm. But I love the song Tis the Dance Season. Like, that's yeah. a really good song. <laughs> but anyway, it was fun to see her perform this because the, the three Heim sisters, like, come up and they're all, like, they do, like, a, a four-tiered, like, like steps up. Like, yeah, the, the stage s- the raises. the stage raises in, like, tiers, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, they're each on a big square um, and, like, you can walk across them, like, stairs. Yeah. Um, and so each one of them are up on that platform and... Uh, it's just, like, really fun to see her and them sing together, like, mm-hmm. the whole thing. And she moves around between them and stuff. And it's just fun interaction on stage, honestly. It's like, it's a bit of a quieter song, but it's, like, a fun one to watch. Yeah, so I think in the terms of the eras, like, the energy kind of comes a little bit more down here, a little more quieter. Um, at least for me personally, Evermore and Folklore are albums that I feel are different or I don't know how to phrase this, but mentally they I they separate from a lot of her other work for me for being very acoustic, very folk song, indie songing song type, and even she mentions this on stage. They're about stories and very storytelling focused. That's um, kind of more for folklore. Mm-hmm. I guess a little bit for Evermore too. Yeah, though, yeah, I mean, nobody, no crime is on Evermore, right? 
That's yeah. a very story-based song. Oh, you don't know if that's her life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it, the, for context, that song is about um, a crime, a murder. Yeah. An implied murder. No, with no body. Yes. Well, if there's no body, there's no crime. Oh. That's the whole point. Um, this song is really cool. I love the meaning about yeah. it because it's like... Uh, it really tells a story. So um, if you're if you want to check one out, I would say it's this is a good one to check out. It's like, uh, and it's born from Taylor Swift's love of true crime, which um, which woman is not into true crime? Tell yeah. me. Um, and so it's just like she's like, okay, my friend is uh, my friend and I. We meet up every Tuesday, and like, some, and she thinks that her husband. Like, my friend thinks her husband is cheating on her. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I couldn't see Esty the next week. Like, she didn't show up. Yeah. And then it's like, what's happening? And then she figures out that there's some suspicious things that the husband has been doing. And that now and now uh, she plots her revenge against this husband who probably killed her friend. Yeah. And so she's just like, okay. But, like, you know, here's a bunch of reasons that it was easy to kill him. And... You know, no body, no crime. Like, they're not going to figure mm-hmm. it out. Um, I wanted to ask you, actually, does Haim sing on the original recording? Yeah. Because I can't tell when they sing on the original recording. Sometimes that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, like with the Lana yeah, Lana situation <laughs> Yeah. Uh, on Snow on the Beach. Um, but it's very obvious when it was live. There, But on the recording, I had a hard time. But yeah. I think when you listen to the recording, if you really turn it up, like, they're, they're kind of chorusing the back of it do, like, but sh- i think they're the chorus more than anything else do they take the lead on the original recording because in on the show know. they um they take did. the lead for the second verse they the, sing in it. the show they did but not yeah. in the i don't know if they did in the recording it sounds like taylor to me in the recording okay so um and they but i do think they do the music for it because they're like yeah. drummer guitars yeah i know they're credited but i don't know if they did the same parts that they did live but i liked the live version more than the recording for the song yeah oh like they're all good at singing like it was a good performance like with, yeah with them singing too the arrangement i think is slightly different than the recording oh, okay. which i liked i like the live version better there's a lot of reasons i like the live ver- version better and like yeah. i really want a live version of this like recorded to like come out yeah which i don't know if she will because she never released like a live reputation so uh, there might be a netflix or a disney something right no but like you know, like, I want, like, a playlist on Spotify. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? With, like, those crazy drums that I heard, like... Yeah. Like, that would be... That would make my life. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know that we're going to get that. Um, yeah, and then what's really cool is she goes into the song Willow. Mm-hmm. And this one's, like, got, like, forest fairy fae vibes. Yeah. Um, a little bit of witch, like, witchcraft in there. Uh, and it's, like... Uh, there's a if you've watched the music video, she ends up kind of in the woods somewhere, and um, the but like on the stage, what was cool was these trees came out of the ground, and like started coming up, and I was like, that's so crazy! Like it's not just like the screen behind has trees on it, yeah. Like like literal trees came out of the yeah, stage. Yeah, she used the animatronics of the stage to pull yeah. trees out. And like I was like, it's growing! <laughs> like it was amazingly well done, and I and then like. Her dancers come up. They're all in like like uh, hooded cloaks, mm-hmm. hooded green cloaks, like velvet green, and like um, they're holding these orange orbs. And then they do all the all these like dances and stuff. Which there is like a scene in the music video where they're doing that kind of uh, movement, 
Mm-hmm. But um, the whole performance is like them holding these orbs and kind of like dancing along with her and stuff. So like there's the like glowing orange from the orb. And then as they walk on the stage, there is like a vibrant orange fire like around their feet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that moves as they go. And it's just magic. It's absolute magic. I've I filmed the whole thing. The coordination is incredible. The coordination and the choreography. The choreo was so perfectly done. Yeah. Like, even watching it back, like, the way they kind of, like, go with the beat sometimes. Sometimes they go with her lyrics. Like, it's just, like, so, like, so well planned and Mm -hmm. executed. This one, so beautiful. And also, a note on the music. It is, uh, Willow's very, like, light, harpy beautiful thing like you you can imagine her plucking on little harp strings yeah i don't know if that's like a light guitar or what the hell like i think on the recording it is actually a guitar but there's very little bass it's very trebly sounding so you get this open airy kind of sound and um it's very gorgeously done right like Mm -hmm. it just gives you lovely plucking vibes and it's very nice um and then when you hear it live there's a lot more rock elements in it, mm-hmm. which is so interesting to put in from the drums to the guitar. Like it just gets a whole lot more bass in there. Yeah, it translated very well to a live stage, which I didn't expect it to. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I always thought it was a pretty song and I thought it would go well on stage. Yeah. But I didn't expect the rock elements and I thought that that was really fun. Yeah. Like I think, I think her Evermore and Folklore albums are very like, I think they were like, thought of in an alternative rock way mm-hmm. where like i know they seem like folksy and stuff like that but like i think that like there's a few elements in there that like always screamed alternative rock to me but that's just taylor swift's signature you look at almost any album there's songs that can translate very well into rock i think yeah songs that translate into rock yeah, yeah. I, I thought you were gonna say they were all like alternative rock i'm like no i think this is her first foray into alternative music mm-hmm. um but you're right that they all go they have rock undertones well yeah everything goes to rock like i think yeah. that's what she like kind of grew up on so i think she's yeah. very good with that um yeah that was, that was what i want to say about the music it was so well done mm-hmm. yeah um i think the next song is one that stood out to me um it was Marjorie, um, but this was one where uh, we talked about it last episode where there's always some song that you hear it live and it changes for you. Mm-hmm. That was this one for me. Yeah. So it opens with the line, um, uh, uh, was it never be so powerful, you forget to be kind, something no, like that? No, uh, never be so kind, you forget to be clever. Never yes. be so clever, you forget to be kind. So that... To be honest, Evermore is not one of my top albums for Taylor Swift. It's probably near the bottom. Mm-hmm. But when I heard that line live, this song just clicked for me. The melody and the lyrics, it all just came together in that moment. And in, in a way, it never did for the recording. Like, um, I enjoy the recording now because I'm remembering what I felt to hear that song live. So I think Marjorie is the song for me that um, seeing it live changed. Yeah. And I think this was the one that I was trying to point out in the recording like like months ago when we were listening to it I was like trying to point out to you that like oh this this song is about her grandmother Marjorie yeah who was an like who was a trained singer and I think she did more like operatic music yeah and so there is um a snippet of her voice in this song which is used when she sings the line uh like if I didn't know better, 
I think you were singing with me now. And at that point, she plays her her grandmother's voice singing in the background, like hitting this really high opera note mm-hmm. um, that like, just like if you weren't paying attention, you would just like, it would just fade into the rest of the music. Yeah. Um, like, cause you just think, Oh, it's some ethereal noise, whatever. Right. But to know that it's actually her grandmother, I was like, Oh, this is cool. Renault will like this. So I was trying to show you that and like get you into it. And you were like, okay, whatever. And then like during the thing, I was like, remember that note? Like this, it's going to happen here. And then in the, like listening to it live, it was so much louder. Like, I know maybe that sounds like a stupid observation, but like it was so much more prominent. Yeah. It's the, it's relative, right? It's so much louder relative to everything else that's going on than it is on the recording. Yeah. And I think it, especially cause like, it's like one of those opera notes that like just really echoes throughout. Like it's so clear. And all the stadium noise, it cuts through. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So at that point, like. I was like, whoa, like, even for me, it hit different, like yeah. listening to it live. I think that's the, that's the main thing. This song hits different live. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, yeah, that's definitely my favorite part is the way she incorporated her grandmother's mm-hmm. song. Um, then she goes into champagne problems. This is where she goes, like she walks over to a piano. It's a bit of a break. Like she takes about five minutes to like have a little speech about like, hey, this is how I conceptualize the era's tour and everything like that. And mm-hmm. um, honestly, this part is kind of special for each tour that she does. Like every time she does this, she says it a little different or maybe shares something new. Um, so like it's one of those things she uses to like keep things new mm-hmm. between cities. And uh, Champagne Problems is just like a really good piano song that she always wanted to play live. Mm-hmm. So she like loves to go acoustic for those kinds of songs because yeah, it also, like, makes it very like it really highlights it. This album like um, was written and released during the pandemic, right? Like, and if you remember that, we at some point we all wondered like, is it ever going to go back to normal? So I'm sure she, maybe she wondered like is she, if she would ever get the chance to play the song live. Yeah, yeah, that is that is part of her speech. She's like, yeah. Like, this is what she's been waiting for, especially yeah. this song, you know? Yeah. Um, this song, Champagne Problems, is really sad. Um, it's about, like, um, saying... It, it's a, There's a few elements in it. There's a, clearly a little bit of alcoholism referred to in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also, like, it's, like, her... Um, kind of singing to a guy who she's like saying no to as he proposes to her. Yeah. Right. And, um, the line that, uh, I loved it like from the moment I heard it. And then she was like, I can't wait to hear people scream this live. And I was like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Like the line, um, she would have made such uh, like, what's it? Like she's kind of quoting like what other people would have said about her mm-hmm. after saying no to that ma- proposal. Uh, she would have made such a lovely bride. What a shame she's fucked in the head, they said. Yeah. Um, that's like a really, it's a really beautiful line. And uh, it <laughs> comes out of no, the the use of a swear word, it comes out of nowhere in the song, and it really hits you when she does that. Yeah, because the rest of it's really like um, well-written and like highly written. Like you kind of feel like some like almost like you you feel like notes of like classiness in here yeah like she mentions like the champagne she mentions like the dom perignon perignon i don't have to say that word (laughs) you know dom perignon i don't i don't know 
Dom Perignon is how it's Didn't spelled. Didn't you take French? I don't know, but I'm not like a fancy person. <laughs> Dom Perignon. Yeah, there you go. Mm. <laughs> so. All the Gossip Girl fans are upset now. My, my bad. And like, it, like she says, your Midas, your Midas touch on the Chevy door. Mm-hmm. Like the, the Midas, the gold touch, right? Which yeah. is a Chevy. Like she's, she's doing like class differences in here that she's yeah. pointing out. And like, maybe that's part of why she said no to this proposal. Like mm-hmm. she's like not from as fancy of a background or something. This is not about her, by the way. This is one yeah. of those songs that's just about shit that she's, she's just writing. But yeah. I just, I'm just saying like, it's, it's really like, uh, there's a lot of visuals in this song that I think mm-hmm. you'd love if you listen to it. So I would recommend this one as well. Um, yeah. And she ends evermore on tolerate it. Yeah. Um, this is the one that we were, um, talking about last episode where, uh, we're arguing about the, uh, the binoculars. Oh yeah. Um, and the fact that like, I want to see Taylor Swift set a table. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cause that's what happens for this one. Yeah. <laughs> she like, there's a table and she starts setting it. And there's, like, no cameras on, and mm-hmm. I'm there with my binoculars. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Anjali's just like, that's not where the salad fork goes. Okay, I'm not critical about <laughs> it. Okay. <laughs> um, but, like, this song, Tolerated, uh, again, I, I think I'm talking more on these songs because I'm a little more into the Evermore album than you were, but. Yeah, I think this is one of your top albums. It's one of my bottom. Yeah, no. I'm, Evermore and Folklore are divisive in this house. Yeah, well, not really divisive. They're just really good, and you're just not in it, and that's, like, a you problem. Do you see the division? <laughs> um, anyway, so the the song Tolerate It is about, like, um, like, I'm doing all these things, and you just sit there and you tolerate it. Like, I'm trying to do the best things I can for you to make mm-hmm. you as happy and comfortable as possible and to try to impress you with little loving gestures and you tolerate it. Yeah. And it's just such a fun, like, it's so sad. And that makes it so fun to like yeah. have that kind of visual, like, um, like being put in your head of like, I'm doing like the best I possibly can. And you are just barely okay with it. Mm-hmm. And maybe even a little mad about it. Yeah. Um, which is a thing that, uh, it's just, again, it's a common experience, I think, for people, um, that is very, like, like it's saying, like, I, I sit and I watch you and I notice everything you do, do or don't do. And you're so much older and wiser. Like, like she's like looking at him, like trying to like understand him and, and trying to like make sure he's happy or whatever. And like, listen and like mm-hmm. learn and just be as, you know, there's these notes of like, almost like obedience almost like um what do you call it i don't know she's real beta vibes <laughs> <laughs> that like <laughs> you can experience in a relationship if you put that other person on the pedestal you know yeah. <laughs> and um and then just saying like and i do all this and you fucking tolerate it like what the hell? I'm sorry, that's not the tone of the the song, but yeah. like it is that is the that feeling is of much that anger. <laughs> it's much sadder. Yeah. 
I'm, being, I'm just being a little bit of a dick. Um, but like, it's got like that 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 anger in it, that yes. like subtle sad anger of like, uh, I made you my temple, my mural, my sky, and now I'm begging for footnotes in the story of your life, which is just like, ooh, so sad. Yeah, it's also kind of a flip to champagne problems, right? Like, at least the narrator of both these songs is in, like, the flip side, I guess, of the relationship. Or I think it could be almost from... Well, I think it's a different relationship, right? The other one's like... Yeah, not saying they're related. This whole album is just stories, right? Yeah, well, yeah, the other one is like, like, I couldn't marry you. Yeah. And um, I'm hoping that you're going to find a better person than me to marry. And then this one is like, I could leave you, uh, gain the weight of you, then lose it. Believe me, I could do it. Mm-hmm. Like is where that anger like kind of culminates in the bridge. Yeah. And so it's like, it's just like, I did so much for you and I'm kind of, and I've reached my limit. So it's, it's different. It's angrier. It's, it's kind of a worse relationship, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then people after this song tend to clap for her, mm-hmm. standing ovation for her for minutes on end. Mm-hmm. Um, and just depending how much time she has that night, she'll let it go on or not. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the end of the Evermore era, so, yeah. Yeah. And then it goes dark, and we go into reputation. Yeah, so Evermore kind of brought the energy down a little bit, a little more folksy. <laughs> Brought the energy. No, like you really don't like this. <laughs> I mean, comparatively, right? These songs aren't, you know, pump and drum beats and synths and dancers around, right? It's okay. Well, uh, I, I I was paying attention during Willow. Okay, that was three songs ago. <laughs> You're right. There was a lot of piano in between. Yeah. <laughs> we just talked about how sad the last two songs of the era are. <laughs> he's right. He's right. All right. So like the energy, it's become a little bit acoustic now, right? Uh huh. But then. She opens Reputation, and it starts with that drum beat from Ready For It, the... What? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. No, you nailed it. And suddenly, it's like you're right back into it. It's like the big whiplash that at least I felt going from Evermore to Reputation. Yeah. Well, even before that, she builds tension again. It's like dark. She starts like... There's like snippets of a little snake... Slithering around on the oh yeah uh, on the LEDs on the stage. This was where we got concerned about Wally Robot. It was Snake going for him. Oh, I don't remember. And then, oh. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, uh, it, you start hearing like heels, like walking sounds, mm-hmm. and then um, she walks out, and she's walking at the same beat as those steps. Yeah, and then like the. <laughs> That starts again, same beat. And then, um, uh, anyway, so then she goes into Ready For It, which is uh, an incredible song that that I I did a dance to for my wedding. And so Mm -hmm. the whole time we were trying to remember the moves (laughs) to the dance I did, which was just really funny. There's professionals on stage. What are you guys doing? Yeah, we were so distracted. Our (laughs) videos from this were such a nightmare. And like... Renal's video was like so steady and clear and mine was like like a little snippet of the stage because that was looking really cool and yeah. then a little snippet of my friend just trying to do like some dumb moves yeah. <laughs> of the stage again and then us doing dumb moves again it was so funny because 
we were just too hyper yeah. to like focus. And you just got a, one solid clean shot of it. And it's just really funny to see the difference. <laughs> yeah. It's just a sudden spike in energy. Yeah. Like it's the atmosphere just comes rushing back. Oh, yeah. And like if you guys have seen her reputation tour on Netflix, that whole thing is like pumping. Yeah. And she's able to replicate that again with like this era. And um, um, like I mentioned, the four albums that are new. Um, so not counting those four albums, Reputation Era is the longest era out of the old stuff, I think. I think Reputation in 1989. Longest yeah. meaning? Oh, most songs. out of the set list on this? Yeah, okay. most songs. So, um, yeah, if you're a fan... Are you sure? Yeah, their reputation and nineteen eighty nine are both five songs, right? I thought Evermore Folklore. Yeah, not in... counting the new albums. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I'm getting you. Yeah. Okay, I, I figured it out. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you're totally right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I think she knows where her audience was built, where the hype is built. These are also her two most played albums, I think, on Spotify. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, and when you listen to this and see it live, it's, I think the undertones are so much clearer again. Like, you really hear the chords that are below the music just, like, um, so much louder. There's, like, these tones. I, I have to call them tones. They're not necessarily chords, but, like, I have no idea what it is. Mm-hmm. But just, like, under, like, these big, huge, like, drum beats and dzh, 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 and all that. Yeah. Um, and it's just, like, really really well done uh and the choreo is incredible and she does a really good job of like taking out the beat at certain points yeah so the so the background fully goes away like when in like in between things and she goes like are you ready for it like everything goes silent and then she goes like does like hits it again you know like like she just like takes away that the drums and everything just to bring it back harder. Yes. And it's just such a great way to build. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so hype. It's so good. Did I just, you... I, I watched that video so many times, like your video, the, yeah. the coherent one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like the level of audience participation also like peaks in this era, I think. Like, uh, I mentioned that one, two, three thing that was on delicate, which is also part of this. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, just brings everybody really into it, and um, it's, I think the difficulty you have, like I mentioned up top, of separating a set list and eras like this is, can you get the audience to go along with your vibe change, or are they going to fall out and not be engaged anymore? But she opens and closes each era so well. That yeah. I think you can't help but just kind of follow along. Yeah. Yeah. Also for a song like, um, are you ready for it? Like, it's just like, it's kind of repetitive. It has those repetitive points, right? Yeah. But she, by doing those things, like taking out the drums, bringing them back, um, like that, all those kind of like tricks and stuff, like make it so new. Yeah. And then, like, also, like, at the end kind of is her saying, baby, let the games begin. Let the games begin. Are you ready for it? Yeah. And, like, on repeat. Um, but, like, she, in concert, she's going for different notes. She goes higher. Yeah. You can hear... She goes higher in the notes for this. She strays from the, like, whatever the recorded version vocal is a lot in this era. And yeah. kind of just goes wild. Yeah. yeah. And it's so fun live. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, so then she goes into Delicate, and uh, this is where you were saying, like, there's some 
like call and response things yeah. that you weren't aware of. Yeah. Where she says, "We can't make any promises now, can we, babe? But you can make me a drink." And everyone goes, "One, two, three, let's go, bitch." Yeah. And that I think honestly, I feel like I remember the origin of that being some fan screaming it, mm-hmm. like during a performance of hers, and she yeah. was just like kind of shocked, and then she was like, "Actually, I like that." And then from then on, it like became a thing. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, I look like a chump. You because you didn't sing it that day. Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> and I was getting my little steady recording. I'm like, oh, hello. <laughs> You're doing God's work, getting the right yeah. recording. <laughs> like, that's important. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we went on to my favorite song. Don't Blame Me. Don't Blame Me. Speaking of vocal freedom, she really went for it in this song. Oh, God. She said, like, this is such a good song. Um, don't Blame Me. Like, when she, the, even the recording of this mm-hmm. is so good. Like, I can't handle how much my heart loves this song. Yeah. And um, what I also realized was she doesn't really do the whole song on this one. Mm-hmm. She just does, like, the first half of it, basically. Yeah. So, um, and then those, like, space lights. Yes. Up lights, what do you call them? The ones that go up? Spotlights. Bed, bath, and beyond lights. Yes. They go up. In the beginning, it's just around, like, the diamond part of the stage and not around, like, the other, like, wings of the stage, right? Yeah. Um, so it kind of starts like, you know, the whole don't blame me, love made me crazy. If it doesn't, you ain't doing it right. Right. And so like, mm-hmm. just want to say this whole song, religious undertones yeah, to the max. It's so good. Cause it's, uh, then she goes into Lord save me. My drug is my baby. I'll be using for the rest of my life. So like, it's very like, mm-hmm. um, like she, so she says the word Lord. Right. And then she like kind of. There's this, like, chorus, like, on, on the chorus, there's, like, this kind of, like, a choir behind her. Yeah, like, it's singing those immense, same lines. Immense, yeah. like, like, this just huge group of voices just behind her on that. And where she goes, like, don't blame me, my love is my baby. And, like, I'm just, like, oh, my God. It's, like, you're praying at the altar of Taylor, and you're just, mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. She yeah. has my whole heart. She even has, like, candles you know, like yeah, an array of candles um, yeah. uh, on the screen of the stage. And yeah. I'm just like, this is giving altar vibes, dude. <laughs> yeah. Do I put her on a pedestal? Absolutely. And like, then the uh, the ending of the song, just um, she holds that note, the using for the rest of my life, and she holds out life um, forever. Like, yeah. you can, I think for me, that was the most impressive vocal feat in the whole set. Yeah. I well, I also like the... So what I was trying to build to in this was that she goes, she does like that initial like chorus, right? And then she goes through like the first verse mm-hmm. and it's like kind of a little bit quieter. And then it goes like all the lights, there's even more than you assumed there were before. Yeah. Like, the, or I think, no, I think another 50% of the lights come up and it's like, they're like first you were like at 25% lights, then you're at mm-hmm. 50% lights. And they all go up at, for the next chorus of, like, don't blame me, my love made me crazy. And, like, you're like, okay, so it's getting hyped, right? And then she does, like, she goes into the bridge from there. Like, she skips the second verse. Mm-hmm. And she does that, I get so high, oh, every time, every time you're loving me. Right? Yeah. And then I think that's where you're saying she was going really high because that's, like, a really high note when she sings it live. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then she goes, uh she during that part where she's doing the she repeats the 
um, I get so high, oh, every time you're loving me, in between those lines, there's an electric guitar solo. Yes. Yeah, she added the electric guitar in this. Um, it's not on the recording. No. So I think that was really cool. Yeah. That was an incredible part. Um, and then from that incredible bridge, a bridge with like a crazy electric guitar solo, right? Yeah. Which isn't like super common for her. Mm-hmm. Um, then she goes back into... Oh, Lord, save me my drug. And all of the lights. We now have 100% of the lights yeah. pointing up at the sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, as she's, like, like fully, like, putting her arms up to the sky and screaming the rest of it. Yeah. It's, like, an incredible song to watch performed. Mm. Like, the hype of this song. Just incredible. Um, and then from there, she goes into... Oh, and then she did a little turn on the words to get it into the next song. Yeah. Where she goes, don't blame me, don't blame me, don't blame me for what you made me do. Yeah. Which is the next song, Look What You Made Me Do. And it was a very seamless transition. Mm-hmm. Like, if you weren't paying attention, you wouldn't notice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so on this song, it's like the, oh, look what you made me do. Look yeah. what you made me do. And it's just like, the light's going crazy. And this is the closer for Reputation Era. Yeah. It has all of the tailors in a box. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like screaming inside a box kind mm-hmm. of a thing. That's like their whole like situation. They're all trapped. Yeah. I think she picked all really high energy songs for Reputation Era. Yeah. And like um, absolutely brought the crowd in, brought the energy back up. It was absolutely pumping through here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so then her next uh, album is... Uh, Enchanted, so it like kind of leads in with Speak like Speak Now is the album. Oh, the song is Enchanted, so yes. <laughs> Speak Now. Yeah. The, the next era is Speak Now, but she like introduces it by like the whole stage like glows purple. Yeah. And then a little snake goes across the stage. It's, the snake's leaving the stage, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's yeah, it's going down it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so then, and this is another moment where my friend and I were like, see the people on the ground, they don't, the floor <laughs> seats, can't see they the can't snake. see this snake. They don't know what, what's going on. Mm-hmm. They're confused. Um, so it gets all purple and beautiful, and she comes out in these gorgeous ball gowns she's been wearing, like, like I have to say, like, the fashion of this particular era has been fascinating. Like, mm-hmm. I love a giant dress, and she's been wearing very beautiful dresses for this. Yeah. Um, it, it's reminiscent of the album cover for Speak Now, Taylor's version. Yeah. yeah. And she, like, this one doesn't have a lot of movement because a giant dress. Yeah. So she kind of just walks, stands there, guitar. Yeah. To be honest, I was surprised by her song choices for this era. Really? Yeah. So she did Enchanted and she did Long Live, Mm -hmm. which was like, she didn't do Speak Now, which is the title song of the album. She didn't do Mean, which she's done a lot before. Um, She didn't do Story of Us. Like, these are the songs I think of when I think Speak Now era, right? Yeah. This era had like straight up two songs and then she's done. Yeah. And (laughs) And Which to is me, the smallest these were of kind, all of them, right? Yeah, it's the shortest era. And to me, it felt like kind of deep cuts, right? Like... Mm, long Live was a deep cut, but Enchanted is like... Not. Yeah. I guess. But I would have expected, you know, Speak Now, Story of Us, those songs to come out. But I guess she had to save time somewhere in a 45-song set list. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll let this go. Yeah. <laughs> and plus, I mean... She must have been doing these songs for years now. This is one of this album was like what oh eight oh seven somewhere there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's that this one she's been performing for a while. Um, 
it's such a romantic song. Like Enchanted. Yes. Just so romantic. It just like, like you cannot deny that it's like, like probably the most romantic song she's ever written. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, it's just like about her meeting someone and not really like, like she didn't have enough time to talk to them. And then like, she's just like thinking in her head, like, I hope this person's not taken or dating someone else, yeah. but I, I love you. And I, I was enchanted to meet you. Like, yeah. And the line of please don't be in love with someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think what's fun with this song that I I always loved hearing was like the part where she does like that kind of backed out faded radio version of like please don't be in love with someone else. Yeah. But she does it in that like she does that filter on her voice, which is the same filter that Owl City uses on like every fucking song they write. I'm sorry, I don't like Owl City. Every it's song. One guy. Yeah, well, I don't like him. <laughs> Apparently, Taylor did. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I have to say, every single song he writes, it like sounds like exactly the same song. It's kind of bullshit. Um, but like, he uses that filter for all of them. And like, when I heard Taylor's song, like, I was like, oh, she does that same thing, like as Owl City did, and it's yeah. because that's the guy she was writing about yeah. when she did this. And I thought that that was like I've always thought that's a very clever yeah. call out to that. Uh, he actually wrote a response song too. Yes, I know. Yeah, and that one had a line of "I was enchanted to meet you too." Yeah, which was cool. Yeah, I'm picking um, an Al City song for our next episode, I'm not, just to make you listen to I it. Quit! <laughs> I quit the <laughs> podcast. I was always like, oh, like, like I think you tried to show me some songs because yeah. you were like, I like oh, Al City. He's good, and then I was like, this is the same song. And you're like, it's not the same song, and I'm like, okay. it, it's literally the same notes. Fireflies was a certified banger. Okay, but it sounds like three other songs. <laughs> <laughs> So they're all bangers. <laughs> okay, okay, fine. Q E D. It's like it's like you know Blink, where they like use yeah. the same fucking riff for like three of their songs, and you're just like, like do something new, write another song. It's if your it only job. It's your only job. If it ain't broke, <laughs> it is broke. Damn. Uh, anyway, I'm just saying I'm spoiled because Taylor like brings so much to every song and i guess i can't expect that of other artists maybe you're just looking in the wrong places <laughs> i think i'm in the right place like did you see how big this concert was <laughs> anyway uh i forgot where i was at before i ranted about Alice. Yeah, uh the other song she did was long live yeah which was a lot of fun that was a fun like one. we mentioned deep cut but it was fun. Yeah, it's an ode to her band and the people who uh, sing and play with her. And I think it's really beautiful. I really like the line in there. Um, like, when they point at the pictures, please tell them my name. Uh, yeah. Tell them how I uh, hope they shine. It's just really sweet. Mm-hmm. Like, not just, like, tell them about me, but, like, I tell them, like, I hope that they are good. Like, you yeah. hope your kids are also thriving. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, it was sweet. And I think having a song dedicated to her band and her crew on a tour of this magnitude, I think, yeah. is a nice touch. This is another one where she brings in the audience because she says, I had the time of my life. And then she points to the crowd with you. Yes. And it's yeah. like everyone gets really hyped for that. Yeah. It's just this this whole show is just weaving in nostalgia and energy and hype with storytelling. It's yeah. I think only someone like Taylor Swift can do this because she has such a variety in her catalog, right? Yeah. 
Like if I had to imagine making a set list or a playlist like this, I'd want to use songs from various artists. But these are all her own songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, and when she leaves the stage on this one, she's got this again gigantic ball gown that she's like holding and like trying to move forward. Right. Yeah. She's like, so she kind of leaves a little slower than the rest of the people on the stage, and mm-hmm. she. Uh, she's like looking around as she does, you know, and then she like her last look at the audience is always over her right shoulder. Yeah. Which is the new Speak Now yeah, cover. Yeah, it looks like the cover. Yeah. Yeah, which is just gorgeous because it's her in a ball, purple ball, ball yeah. gown, like looking over her shoulder and, and it's that on stage. Also, the um, this album was released mid-tour. The Speak Now Taylor's version mm-hmm. was released mid-tour. So Yeah, but she was referring to it the whole time. The whole time. And then suddenly everybody got it when they saw the album cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was beautiful stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we're now halfway through the eras of the eras tour. Uh, we've covered the first five, and we're going to take a bit of a break and give you a bit of a break from us. Yeah. <laughs> and give you this the rest of it in the next episode. Yeah. Uh, this has been Decomposition. You can check us out on Spotify, Google, and Apple, available on all of those. We also are, on YouTube now. Yes. YouTube and Instagram at Spud Network Podcast is the handle. You can check out this show. You can check out our other shows. Um, yeah. Join along. It's a lot of fun. Yes. All right. Thank you for listening and joining us on this little foray into Taylor Swift, the Eras tour. Um, we're hoping that you're enjoying our deep cuts into this. Uh, yeah. And thank you for listening, as always. See you next episode. Bye. Bye.